Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. Okay, let's start with the border crisis. It's been going on for years now. The border's closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's secure, too. Tight as a drum. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. At least they're not saying that part anymore. Well, I, well, it depends on who you ask and what day. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got this huge surge happening. I mean, Eagle Pass, as we talked about yesterday, saw a single-day crossing record with 4,000 people crossing the border that we know of. You're talking about overflow capacity at shelters, people just having to be released onto the streets because they got nowhere to put them. Dude, I mean, obviously, it's all coordinated. I mean, there were, It's hundreds. I mean, and then you get to thousands, and they get across, and they're saying, thank you, Biden. Did you hear about the people that get on their knees? They're like, thanking Biden. They opened the border for us. Right. It, because everyone around the world knows it. Yeah. So... I, I thought it was interesting that the Today Show actually covered the border crisis. They do it occasionally. They seem to be doing it more because it's affecting them in New York City. Correct. Uh, and apparently Biden's plan, as part of their coverage uh, laid out, is to let hundreds of thousands of people who came in and have specious claims for asylum. Come on. Uh, let them legally work in the United States for a year and a half, and they're safe from deportation. Yeah. Okay, roll that. And meanwhile, big story, especially here in New York, the Biden administration has uh. decided to implement some new rules for hundreds of thousands of migrants. We've seen these record border crossings. We see it coming now to the, the northeastern cities, getting a lot of complaints from mayors like Mayor Adams here in New York to the White House. So walk us through what's happened here. And the Biden administration announcing overnight new rules allowing hundreds of thousands of Venezuelan migrants who have arrived in the country before July 31st to live and work here legally for 18 months and temporarily protect them from deportation. That follows pressure from New York officials for them to be able to work and move them off of social services, which has also been overwhelmed. Okay, wait a second. I thought we had millions of people in America, American citizens, that are impoverished. No opportunities. No jobs. Isn't that the well, truth? No, yeah. Isn't that well, what we hear well, all the time? That's what we and hear. That is true to a certain extent, yes. Aren't you taking jobs away from those people? Of course you are. <sighs> But no liberal wants to ever bring that up? Can they not think? I mean, dude, we all know what this is about. Sure. It's about votes. That's certainly part of it. Yeah. And for years and years and years, a lot of businesses and big corporations, they love the illegal immigration. Oh, yeah, it's cheap labor. Absolutely. And you always have the threat of throwing you back out of the country. Shush, shush. You know, I think it's funny that uh, it, they're going to go ahead and do this so they can get back to work and get off the welfare rolls. Yeah. You're in New York City. What job are you going to do that's going to get you a one-bedroom crap hole apartment even for the money you're making? It's a great question. It's not. That's garbage. That's a garbage take, and it's not true. But meanwhile, the governor of New York is saying, ah, phew, park's closed. 
Got to go yeah. somewhere else. We're full. Well, I thought this was remarkable on CNN. New York Governor Kathy Hochul openly embraced her inner white supremacist talking about the illegal immigration <laughs> crisis. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, somebody else's problem. <laughs> The Statue of Liberty is weeping right now. <laughs> you know, I, my four-year-old daughter, baby Chuck, looked up at me after she heard that and said, Daddy, is this really America still? <laughs> <laughs> and she wept. We both held each other and cried yeah. late into the night. You know, I like that, too, when she says we got to get the message out. You got the message out. The message right. was sanctuary states, sanctuary cities. You got the message out. They heard it. It doesn't matter. The federal government wants more people to come in. Jeez. The current federal government wants people to come in. Yeah. Yes. It's so frustrating. Um, what are they going to do they, at the end of a year and a half, by the way? They stay. Of course. But That's I mean, just that year and a half is just a temporary get the you questions know, away. nothing temporary here. No. And honestly, it's the middle class that's getting absolutely railed. Of course, the left doesn't care about that either. They just want cheap labor more than anything else. Well, more on that later, because there's some insight as to who actually benefits from illegal immigration. Uh, okay. I did notice this from the Today Show, because it seemed like a big news day yesterday, especially with Attorney General Merrick Garland taking the stand and having to answer questions about the investigation into Hunter Biden, along with so many other things. Like the statute of limitations just running out yeah. on the tax charge that certainly should have been there with Hunter Biden that goes all the way back to 2014 and 2015 when he was getting money from Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. And they just let it roll out. Yeah. There's nothing. No coverage. Saw none on Good Morning America. No. None on NBC. Are you surprised? I think the only thing I saw this morning was the Republicans pouncing again. On Garland? On Merrick Garland. Did they actually have it somewhere in the coverage? I saw it somewhere. I, can't, I, go, I go to so many different sources okay. in the morning, I don't remember which one. It was somewhere, but it was all about the Republicans attacking. And the Republicans want to shut down the government. Right. They don't want to play ball. And right. they hate Merrick Garland, that poor old man. Just blah, 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 blah. Shaky McShakerson. And, you know... I think to some of the questions that were asked yesterday, um, you know, being asked about the statute of limitations to expire, and he just kept going back to the same thing again and again and again, which makes no sense. Some people think he actually perjured himself yesterday, but... Are you aware the statutes of limitations have been allowed to expire while the matter was under investigation? The investigators were fully familiar with all the relevant law. I'm not asking for the excuses. I'm they, asking whether you're aware of that fact, sir. I'm going to say again. I'm going to say again and again if necessary. I did not interfere with, did not investigate, did not See, those are, terminations. Those are statements in response to other questions. Were, Everybody in the country now knows who's paying attention to this, that the Justice Department permitted statutes of limitations to expire. Every lawyer who's ever practiced understands the implications of allowing statutes of limitations to expire. Do you not even know as you sit here whether that occurred or not? 
prosecutors make appropriate determinations on their own. Say in this case, That's I left guy. it to Mr. Weiss whether to bring charges or not. That would include whether to let statute of limitations expire. And I know this gets deep in the weeds with David Weiss, and now he's the special prosecutor. It goes back and forth in the end. I think what we talked about months ago, probably nothing's going to happen because mm-hmm. the Bidens are protected. However, there is more and more information coming out all the time. And you do have the whistleblowers. That helps. And the House Republicans doing their investigation. You get the feeling that more of the American people know what's going on. You do know who appointed David Weiss, right? <laughs> Trump. I heard that about a billion times. Well, yesterday. Garland said it. Exactly. Appointed my President Trump. Blah, 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 blah. Just to let you know. It's just a weasel. Oh, gosh. It was Garland. awful. I, and you scream at the TV. You do, Because man. there's no answer. It's like he's, no. answer, he's like he's answering a question that wasn't asked, and that was brought up right there. Yes. I mean, I asked this question. You're answering something completely different. I don't know what else you can do. No, I mean, that's, I mean know, literally. I know it sounds crazy to some people, but I can't help it. And I admitted yesterday, maybe it's from watching too many gangster shows through my lifetime, but you just want someone to say, I don't think you heard the question. <laughs> okay. You know, and then appropriate action takes place. So the guy starts talking. You know, in your fantasy world, that's what you want to see. I know we have a system. I don't need to be educated on that. I'm just talking about regular dudes saying, you know what? They should dog collar that guy and shock him until he starts talking. <laughs> Who wouldn't pay to see that? David's uncomfortable, I can tell. I'd pay to see you do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Little weasel. He is, he's disgusting. He is sorry disgusting. excuse for a man. Yeah, no, it is. Right, I agree. All right, more on that a little bit later. Uh, David, you have a piece of audio to play for us. Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, and I think this is going to blow your mind a little bit. Oh. Someone on YouTube called uh, Florian Poprot has been posting AI-generated cover songs using voices of dead singers to oh, cover wow. different songs. And it is surprisingly good. It is creepy how good this is. Here okay. is Freddie Mercury singing a cover of System of a Down's Toxicity. Oh, no. Why are you saying, oh, no? Uh, You're a big fan of Freddie Mercury. I am. You're not a big fan of System of a Down. No, I'm not. You don't like the song, Toxicity? I don't even know. Well, maybe you'll like it now. The toxicity of our city, of our city. Now, what do you own the world? How do you own the soaring art? Soaring art. Now, somewhere between the sacred silence Scott, would you admit this? That what we just heard was better than that last Queen unreleased track. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm not going to argue that. Okay, all right. I'm a Queen fan, big Queen fan. (laughs) That sounded exactly like Freddie Mercury. Yes. Exactly like Freddie Mercury. I got to tell you, man. What's going through my head is... I can't even talk. Half of me feels like, man, that's really cool. The other half is terrified. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. That AI can come that yes. close. That's spot on, man. <laughs> Holy cow, man. 
Wow. We, we need to get out in front of this. This needs <laughs> Yes. There needs to be something restrictions or something put on this nonsense. Can anyone AI Mary Garland with a dog collar and me shock it? <laughs> oh sure. If you ask Can we do that? Yeah. That'd be good. All right. Uh Disney going less woke? Is this a thing? Get to that in the news update coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, this is kind of a 180 for Disney, it seems, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So Walt Disney CEO Bob Iger told investors uh, this week that the company will, quote, quiet the noise in the culture war stuff that's been going on. So he gave this brief statement during an investor's presentation in Orlando, and he also announced that Disney is going to be doubling its investment in theme parks and cruise ships over the next decade. Partially because that's their biggest money maker, and they've been losing a ton of money. They're talking about selling off their television projects or products. I mean, like ESPN, ABC, ABC. What about Disney Plus? That I, thing's lost. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's eleven billion dollars. Yeah, I. You know, nobody really knows what the future of the streaming platforms in general will be in Disney Plus. Maybe they'll get rid of it. I have no idea. Um. But certainly their theme parks and cruises, that's where they make the most amount of money. And so uh, they're noticing that people are getting more and more ticked off over the so-called culture war issues. Well, you have a bunch of people working for them that are pushing it. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. This wasn't come out of thin air. I mean, this is internally what's going on. All the audio got leaked and then people knew it was real. They had the production coordinator, Alan March talking about pushing queer content for kids stuff like that parents not really uh expecting that from disney so yeah it hurt them bad you and i were talking before the show where's this worked where's this woke thing worked i mean if you had some kind of blueprint that went hey if we go woke our business will increase 10 percent i don't think that's what it's about if it's about esg then isn't disney afraid then the way i would understand it tell me if i'm wrong david is you have a lot of people working for companies that will put all of the woke stuff into the company more for themselves because the black rocks of the world control everything because they have the money and they're big on the esg stuff okay so even if you are the ceo of a company and that company goes down because you implemented a lot of crap that ceo is going to get another gig easy because they're in the good graces of the actual powers that be that have all the money yeah, may, that's may, part of it. Yeah, I, I think there's actually a confluence of two things. Uh, one is, you know, the when you're talking about ESG, that's like the social credit score for a business, for a corporation. Yes. That uh, left-wing ideologues at, at investment firms like uh, like BlackRock and State Street, et cetera, Vanguard. Vanguard, yeah. Uh, will actually make sure that more money gets directed to you if you have a higher score. And so I think you're actually starting to see a backlash to this among investors, among the actual people who have a stake in the company, because that initial influx of cash was like chasing a cheap high. They realized that if we don't have a product to sell, we don't have a company. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if we keep borrowing money and getting flush with cash in the short run <laughs> if our long-term business prospects go away. And I think they're starting to realize that. But the hard part about this now, 
and stepping away from this. The problem for the Bob Igers of the world is that there are hundreds of people who now work for your company yep. who aren't interested in an ESG score. They don't care. They're, they are ideologically driven, a lot of times fresh out of graduate school or whatever, PR yep. professionals, uh, uh uh, folks in the production uh, uh, area of the company, etc. Again, they don't care. They think that they are on a mission of social justice. They are true believers. That's their religion. They're going to push it. Yeah. That's basically their purpose in life. Just like the marketing exec at Bud Light yes. that pushed that campaign that destroyed the brand. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You know, it, so thinking about this, the whole thing with the kids, especially, yeah. you said so many times, stay away from the kids. Leave them this, alone. It's creepy. There has been a piece of audio and video that's come out from Oprah's show in 1986 that has creeped some people out. 86? Yes. Okay. So this is where the story starts. There is actually a new Apple TV Plus series called The Supermodels. And part of that is Cindy Crawford. And they go back to when she started her career. She was on Oprah in 1986. And Cindy Crawford has said, you know, uh, when this happened, I didn't recognize it. Only when I look back at it, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was not okay. It's really creepy. Because Oprah says, stand up and show off your body. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Listen to this. You tell me. Roll it. Did she always have this body? This is unbelievable. Stand was she 19 at the time, 20? Yeah. Stand up just a moment, because no one saw you come in standing up. Now, this is what I call a body. <laughs> very good, very good. But I'm not, not, I don't weigh 100 pounds. I'll tell that lady on the phone that I do not weigh 100 pounds. You're what, are you about 5'9", five 5'10"? Five 5'9", and I tried to stay around 120. Okay. So. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Stand up, show off your body. Man, you, that wouldn't happen today. Well, part of it would be, well, yeah. what about the overweight people? That's a form of fat shaming. Because her body is better than those. You'd hear those yappers. Of course. It is funny that if that's a man in 1986 doing that, oh! and he's still around now, oh, oh he's, he's canceled. It's done. <laughs> he's gone. 100%, man. Yep. No doubt about it. All right, much to get to. Okay, uh, David has a story for What's Your Story about men competing against women. He says it's a must-hear clip. I can't wait. Coming up. Jamie Martha, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. This is crazy with everything going on at the border. Again, well, it's really never stopped. It's just there's more surges at times than others. Certainly a big one yesterday. And then I see this story as a follow-up, Daily Wire about this colony ridge uh, what would you call it this whole area north of houston david yeah it's a shanty town and 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 what it what it is is there's a large land developer who uh sells property to people here illegally and i mean it is riddled with crime it's kind of a no-go zone because it's basically operating as its own country now and uh, the way he gets around certain federal lending laws is that he's the one who provides the financing for people who buy property. So he, you know, charges them whatever, 15% interest. 
uh, and essentially keeps the payments low enough that they can make the payments, but high enough that they can never really sell out. You know, they can't really get any return on the investment. You're, yeah, and I know, just to go back to something you said a second ago, this shantytown that's existing right now, um, if most people in America knew that, they would be freaked out. Like, that's happening in the United States? Yeah, and and aside from it being a way station or staging area for cartels running guns, humans, and drugs, um, I mean, if you really care about people coming into this country, migrants... Uh, they a lot of them are being taken advantage of in a huge way by this because, again, they're taking out loans on garbage property that they'll probably never be able to pay out or pay back. And if they ever really want to leave, they're just going to have to walk on it. Yes, not to mention the amount of fentanyl that's coming through there. Legal activity. And it, a lot of these places, I mean, honestly, are like unlivable. And all I can think to myself is, and sorry, David, being the millennial, date Scott and I here, so Gen Xer and you, the mm-hmm. boomer. Back in the day, back in my day, tell you what, can you imagine this was going to be a 2020 special, or this week on 60 Minutes? Oh yeah, and a whole feature on what's going on there. Yeah, people would be shocked, and people would watch it like, holy cow! But we don't have an honest media anymore. Well, and another thing I thought of too: you can't pay the money back, which. Let's face it, that's going to happen. What do you resort to to try to get money quickly? Yeah. Find a way. Yeah, absolutely find a way, whether it's, you know, selling drugs or whether it's robbing people or whatever. Yes. Okay, so with all this going on, I see this video, and we've talked about Victor Davis Hanson and played clips of him many times from the Hoover Institute. He's a brilliant dude. Oh, yeah. Understands history, understands this country, and he was talking about... Who benefits from illegal immigration? And, of course, he makes the point it's certainly Democrats because it's a future voting block. Yeah. Um, and really lays that out in an eloquent way. He also talks about the countries these people are coming from because it's less of an issue for them. And a lot of times when you have people coming in illegally, they send their money back to their home countries. Mm-hmm. It's like billions of dollars leaves the United States every year to go to Guatemala and Honduras and these other countries. Another part, we've also talked about this, corporations in America benefit. And he lays this out. It's not a political question. If you are a Republican, Chamber of Commerce supporter, corporation, you want workers that will be industrious at the lowest wage possible. So what we've seen for the last 40 years are meatpacking plants, agriculture, hospitality industry, landscaping, says to companies throughout the United States, we've got to band together because we have interest in an open border. Our population, as we've seen in an earlier lecture, is fossilizing. Don't take that personal, Scott. I'm in that too. That's all right. Fossilizing. Dang. Yeah, we're getting older. It's static. Our demography is shrinking. We're at 1.8, 1.9 of our replacement. We need young men 
especially young women. If they come across the border, no questions asked. They're vulnerable. They're worried about their immigration status. They work very hard. Compared to rural Mexico, the United States is a paradise. They're happy to get wages at three or four times, even though the wages are lower than what we pay American citizens. So the corporate establishment has been a big advocate of open borders. Yes, that doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, and it, it, it it's goes a free pass. It goes back even further than 40 years. I mean, if you go back to uh, when, you know, the corporations, when, when big, you know, corporate barons and whatnot of days past uh, started having to contend with organized labor and then labor laws at the federal level, they were panicked. They were freaking out because they think, okay, well, how am I going to keep my profit margins if I have to guarantee an eight-hour yep. workday and whatnot, um, and, and, and go on and so on and so forth. And in the 1950s, it's really interesting because the dynamic was almost flipped, where Republicans were actually fine with more and more, you know, illegal immigrants <laughs> and whatnot coming in. They yes. were totally Another cool part with of it. He points that out. Yes, yeah. And Democrats <clears throat> hated it because they were the, the party of, of labor, labor unions. Dude, that was all the way up through Hillary Clinton and Joe yeah. Biden, everybody else. Yes. And then they flipped. Yes. Well, and this was the last part. There's like 10 seconds left, but this is... It says it all to me. And it's been very hard to write op-eds for the Wall Street Journal or talk to the Chamber of Commerce because they feel that immigration, even if it's illegal, is very good for their own bottom line. Yep. And that part, and the right can talk about it. Part of it's the right's fault through the years of where we're at right now. It just went into another gear. But man, oh man, what a problem. All right. Ready to go around the table? We do this every day about this time. May not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Now, it's actually really funny that this is making the rounds now. Uh, it was an interview from about a year ago on The Daily, uh, on the, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Okay. Um, but I, I just, I, I watched it, and I know it's making a lot of noise online, and I just really wanted to bring some clips to the show today. Uh, Trevor Noah from The Daily Show is interviewing a guy who thinks he's a woman. And this person is an athlete, and he is defending the idea of men competing in women's sports. And what's hilarious about it to me is Trevor Noah very sheepishly pushes back against the idea that it's fair for a man to pretend to be a woman in sports. Because, and you can tell watching it, I, I know this is like mind reading, mm -hmm. but he is so uncomfortable but he knows the person sitting across the table from him is a dude, and he yeah. knows that when this dude is saying that there's no physical advantage of men competing against women, he knows that's crazy. But he's also a good little liberal boy, so he can't outright oh. say it. Well, the SEALs were applauding every time he, she spoke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, big applause. Well, the applause light goes on. Yeah, they, that's part of it. They All loved right. it. Okay. Roll the audio. If I were to push back, or you know, even not even playing devil's advocates, uh, there, were, there are a few things that could be argued. Number one, you could argue that although the trans woman who competed in the Olympics didn't dominate, she did beat a field of women who might have qualified for that position. Right? My question then comes in from a really, honestly, a different place. I look at somebody like Oscar Pistorius from South Africa. Right? He was the double amputee. Yep. 
And Oscar Pistorius actually went, well, I want to compete in the able-bodied race, mm -hmm. right? And people were like, well, do you have an advantage? Do you not, et cetera, et cetera, because of the prosthetics. But then could there not be an argument if there is no advantage in that that then trans women should be able to compete but in the men's races then because they'd still be able to compete in the sports. But they're women and they're female. So like I said, this boils down to are trans women really women? Are no. they really female? No. Because if you think yes, then we belong competing with other women. <laughs> I mean, it, it's remarkable because Trevor Noah, I don't think he's a complete <laughs> idiot. I think he's a left-wing hack. Um, Agree. And that's about it. But he knows, sitting there interviewing this guy, that this whole thing is a movement led by mentally disturbed people who are demanding that the rest of us share in their delusion. And oftentimes they say, if you don't share in our delusion, we'll kill ourselves. He knows yeah. this is toxic and crazy, but he can't really push back against it because he's put himself in a box. He has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing he could choose is to not do it at all. But on that show? Yeah. And that's why the tiptoeing around with the question. Uh, I, my question comes from a different place. <laughs> I start out with, those people are saying, or people have said. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. The Pistorius, I got to tell you, that was, a, that was a comparison I've never heard before. That's really interesting. It, that is an interesting comparison. To go at that angle. Wow. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, my story involves San Francisco and the uh, district attorney in San Francisco, a woman by the name of Brooke Jenkins. People are pissed in San Francisco, and she spoke to him yesterday. Uh, officials met with the frustrated residents to discuss the enforcement plans to address the city's drug and homelessness problem. The DA acknowledged, hey, we got a problem here. Right now, we have a city that's been lacking in accountability. Really? She went on to say, we have created a culture, not just in New York, not just in San Francisco, but quite frankly, around the country. People just walk into stores and take whatever they want. Yeah. And the rest of us stand there waiting to pay. This can't happen. Could it be perhaps you weren't prosecuting any crimes in this city? <laughs> I, mean, I got a unique little innovative idea for you here to solve the problem. What would happen if we made it illegal to buy, sell, and use drugs and be under the influence of drugs in public? Just a crazy idea. Maybe those people should be arrested. I don't know. Here's I just the love these people who are baffled by it. This is just, there, there's no accountability. Well, of course there's not. I'm going to come at this at a different angle. Here we go. Okay. Seriously. Talking about people being in line to pay. And you yeah. see people just walking out with stuff, and no one says anything. You're not going to no. get in trouble at all. They just let you go, correct? Right. It's not like, well, you don't have to appear in court. I mean, nothing happens, correct? No, you go home and start selling the stuff, yeah. Then why in the world would you not just get out of line and leave and take the stuff with because you? Because you're a decent human being, I think. Okay, I think you I know it's wrong. I understand where you're getting that, yeah. but let me play the other side. Okay. Scott, you're taking money away from your family. You could be using the money you were spending on those goods and spend it to help your kids or your grandkids do other things. Why should you have to pay when no one else does? Well, I have a hard time with the 12-pack of I blats I have up there that I'm ready to pay for <laughs> and the box of swishers. <laughs> Just saying. You're going back like nine years now. No, but well, when I was doing it, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking I think it's there crazy. are decent people who are like, no, I'm going to pay for it. Of course. This is wrong. I know. But again, you got a DA... 
who's now all yeah. of a sudden going, well, I'm concerned about this. This is crazy. Yes. Um, story I have, I'm, I'll just tell you. Um, I saw it, and I thought of you, Scott. I'm like, I'm going to use this for what's my okay. story. Uh, because it's one of your worst fears. Yep. And it, it, oh, a lot of people oh, would oh, say oh. It, it's almost incomprehensible that it's one of your worst fears because it could never happen. Don't say never. Well, it, there's a reason it happened to this lady in Michigan. Uh, she was in an outhouse. Oh, God. See? A couple days ago. Yep. She dropped her Apple Watch into the toilet. Oh, oh no. no. Into I mean, the toilet or the... Down. Yeah. In the muck through, the mire. Yeah. Take yes. the L. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I know they're a little expensive. I mean, the cheaper ones are what four hundred, but it's upwards of seven hundred bucks or whatever. And no, they're not—they're expensive, yeah. Uh, but she's like, I gotta have the watch. Oh no! She lowered herself inside. Oh. Okay. No. She was small enough to fit down inside, but then she got stuck, yelling for help. <laughs> she's ah! face face down in it. She was lowering herself the other way with her feet. Oh, and I then thought like she reached reach. down. It's oh. the way I understand it. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. See, you can go down through that hole. You can do it. Mm. That hole's big enough. First responder showed up. Yep. Found her quote in the muck. Oh, oh gosh. gosh, dang it! <laughs> they removed Jeez. the toilet top itself, oh. and they used a strap to hoist her Golly. out to safety. Um, How's the watch? She did retrieve the watch. Does it still work? <laughs> That part we don't know. It's been a couple days. That's a commercial. That's <laughs> Boy, just dip me in bleach if I do something like <laughs> Golly. Gosh damn. And then the police had to issue the public reminder. If you lose an item in an outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the containment area. Serious injury may occur. God dang. News update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what to do at the border? Trump's got an idea? Yeah, well, several years ago, if you remember, there was a report about how Trump floated the idea of putting more alligators in the Rio Grande <laughs> to prevent illegal border crossings. I, I, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I always yeah. felt like that, at, at this point, like that was an idea that wasn't, that was a well that was not sufficiently tapped or, or at least even explored, you know? The actual idea. Right. Well, I mean, hey, yeah. look, you got you got problems, you know, right? We, you could make it a green weenie thing, okay? It's like climate change is devastating wetland areas in Florida and Louisiana and all around the Gulf Coast. We're saving the alligators by putting them in the Rio Grande. There you go. <laughs> all you people on the left, you're whining about the buoys? Okay, we'll get rid of them. Put in the gators. <laughs> Put in the gators. Yes. Why do you hate alligators? I would alligators? say do it now. <laughs> well, you yesterday... Trump shared a meme along those lines. It's a bunch of alligators sitting at the water's edge. And text reading, new border security. We'll work for food. And the other caption is, problem solved. Oh, my God. See, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but I can't help. That's funny. Oh, goodness. You know what I ran across? I got a piece of audio. It will either make you scream in anger or laugh, or somewhere between the two, I'm not sure. You want to hear Obama from a couple of years ago talking about the border? This is something. Listen to this. Now in 2018, they're telling you the, the existential threat to America is a bunch of poor refugees a thousand miles away. Oh, really? They're even taking our brave troops 
away from their families for a political stunt at the border. And the men and women of our military deserve better than that. They're, they're doing another round of troop deployment now, the Biden administration is. I know. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> I forget the Southern Baptist thing with him. He could go into it when he needs oh, to. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if he wrote any letters that day about any sort of fantasies about other dudes. I don't know wow. if that was happening still at that time. I like guys. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Illegal immigration. You know, we've said at the breaking point, I don't know how many times. It just keeps rolling on. And now New York is like crying uncle. Well, yeah, New York, Chicago, all these other cities have embraced the sanctuary city mantra. Well, you've had a fight in New York between the mayor and the governor for a while. Yeah. The mayor saying, we can't take any more New York City. And the governor saying, hey, shush, shush. Yes, we can. We love the illegal immigrants. Guess whose mind got I mean, the asylum seekers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's it's rich hearing them complain about this when we are now in a situation where an eagle passed Texas. The number of migrants by the end of the week will probably outnumber the official population of the city. You've got, you know, what's crazy? <laughs> I'm I'm almost surprised it hasn't already happened. Yeah, I mean, when, in the last 24 hours, you've had like 10,000 now. That they're saying, yeah. or the last forty-eight hours, I guess. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane what is going on right now, and and so it's rich hearing from these latte liberals who are all about well, the Statue of Liberty, we got to be welcoming, blah 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 blah. Now oh, suddenly man. complaining about this problem, New York Governor Kathy Hochul has decided now that New York probably isn't the best place for illegal immigrants. What places like New York really are at capacity. You know, we have large hearts. You want to be generous and supportive to people who are experiencing humanitarian crisis. But there is a limit to what we can do. No, that's racist. You made Kathy, those have you ever once in your life given to an organization that serves people in those countries? Ever? With your big heart? Just curious. Kathy, have you ever gone to the inner city and spent time with kids on a volunteer basis for anything? Just curious. And maybe she has. Well... She but did if I'd do have money. She did do a photo op uh, a while back, but she made sure all the poor black kids wore masks during the photo op. Oh, that's right. Yeah. God. She wouldn't yeah, want to get yeah. their poor black kid germs. Right. Yeah, but you got to have the appearance that we care. Yeah. Of course. Yes. You know, I mentioned this earlier. Victor Davis Hanson from the Hoover Institute. This whole piece about who benefits from illegal immigration. Part of that was big business, corporations, and he even mentioned how it's hard to write an op-ed piece for the Wall Street Journal <laughs> because they're like, uh, legal immigration, there are a lot of companies that could benefit from that. Um, but it's also, of course, the Democratic Party. And, you know, and this was a couple of years ago when he laid this out. And you see it 
even more so now, really. The influx of people from south of the border under illegal auspices in desperate need of social services and entitlement, and the Democratic Party said, if you come illegally, we will ensure that you will not be subject to the enforcement of immigration laws. We will provide you with entitlements, but we expect and exchange fealty and loyalty and fidelity at the polls. Yeah, sanctuary cities, all of that, we got you here, but you got to be voting for us now, okay? Got it? All right. And he goes on. And so in the eyes of the Democratic Party, Illegal immigration has been a godsend in the Electoral College. If we were to go back and look at speeches from Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Hillary and Bill Clinton, they're quite astounding. They're worried about the American worker, especially the union worker. And they say on the podium again and again, we've got to stop illegal immigration. It's injurious to the American citizen. It lowers the wages. It destroys unions. That has all ended now. And the Do you Demo remember that time? Because mm -hmm. it wasn't that long yeah, ago. No. Yeah, it's different. Democratic now. Party flipped and became an advocate of open borders. Why? Because of sheer numbers. It's not one or two or three million people are here illegally. As I said, it's over 20 million. And that was two years ago. Upwards at 30 now. And part of that, he was also talking about California used to go either way, Republican, Democrat, and all these different states that have flipped in the last 10 to 20 years from red to blue <laughs> because a lot of times well i mean as long as you have id you can vote right right wing conspiracy <laughs> no it's it's absolutely happened well, it's, well and all the different ways you can vote has been normalized well and and it's I mean, it's it's not only actually casting a ballot at the ballot box and i made this point before um it is about making sure that you have as many people as possible living in a state by the time the next census rolls around because you mm -hmm. look at where the federal government i'm not 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 the governor of texas the federal government has sent a lot of these people to it's illinois it's uh new york it's michigan all of those states have lost as many as what three congressional seats since the 2010 census and remember ahead of the 2020 census Liberals freaked the heck out because the Trump administration was telling them to not count illegal immigrants in their population. Your state's right. population determines the number of seats your state gets in the House of Representatives. So if you look at New York in particular, they've lost three seats since 2010. <laughs> That's a big deal. Illinois it has is. lost two. Yeah. So that's because people have left the state. Yes, because people yeah. have left the state. There's been a mass migration out of yeah. American out. citizens. So it's about restocking the pond. If these people can wind up voting at some point, that's a very happy bonus. But the here and now game yeah. is about stocking the pond and sort of like juicing the numbers in states that have had population loss that typically will go for Democrats. All right. More on that later, man. It's just mind-blowing in so many different ways. Let's go to the CDC, because it's crazy what the CDC is recommending, especially for kids. Oh, yeah. With the latest vaccine. As far as I know, we're the only country to do that. Well, six months and up, you're talking Unreal. about. Yeah. So, uh, Florida governor. No and, no. Yeah. 
Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis did an interview with ABC News, and he talked about how his state is not jumping overboard to pump people full of the COVID vaccine boosters because the benefits, especially for younger people, especially kids, haven't been demonstrated. No. Well, the CDC disagrees with that. They well, how, said but how, but how, how, how good has CDC done, with all due respect, over the last few years? How many people trust CDC at this point? And I was somebody five years ago. If you would have said CDC said this, that would have carried a lot of weight for me. I, I think all three of us would say mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, without question. Yep. I was in the trenches during COVID. They were citing flimsy studies saying that masks will stop COVID. They were citing flimsy studies about the MNRA shots originally. Remember, they said, the CDC director said, if you take these shots, you will not get COVID. That is not true. We know it's not true. People got COVID. They would they would make representations which were not true. So the trust that's been lost, I think, has been incalculable. And one of the things that I said is when I come in, we're going to have a reckoning about all these COVID policies. We're going to hold people accountable who got it wrong. Good. Hope it happens. Yeah. You know, they should be held accountable. Absolutely. The fact that no one has been held accountable is stunning. Yes. But, I mean, your hands are tied in some ways. But yes, I totally get your point. But, you know, you want to see Fauci up yeah, there, and well, he won't answer just the way Mary no. Garland did yesterday. Put a dog collar on all of them until they tell the truth. I think he's quite Shock as cagey crap as Garland is, but Jeez. we'll see. Okay. John Fetterman. He's been in the news a lot. When he's in the news, it's usually not for anything good. Well, he's uh, angry. No, yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman, who made history as the first piece of cabbage ever elected to the United States Senate, got the Senate to change the dress code rules because he gets sad if he has to wear a suit and tie. You're not even making that up. No, that that's... He gets sad. Yeah, he gets sad. Yeah. And, and so today he was wearing the same outfit as he did yesterday, and it's like this like way too baggy button-up shirt and basketball shorts and whatnot. And it's like, look, I'm not a fashion guru, obviously, but you know, if I have to be somewhere important, I'm going to dress up. Yeah, well, like, you, he actually went button up or no hoodie today? No hoodie today, no. Wow, okay. So people have been critical of that, including now the editorial of the Washington po- uh, editorial board at the Washington Post. Oh. They're like, oh, come on, man. You know, the, we got to have some level of respect in the United States Senate. Yes. Fetterman tried his uh, tough guy act, sending out this written statement first, saying if those quote unquote, if I'll just read it verbatim. Okay. If those jagoffs in the House stop trying to shut our government down and fully support Ukraine, then I will save democracy by wearing a suit on the Senate floor next week. So, okay, the act's tired. I think. Yeah. Is it fair to say everyone on this show there was some bit of sympathy at one point in time? Yeah. Sure. Gone now. Oh, totally yeah. gone. I mean, if you're going to try to dish it out, oh. but you can't actually do it verbally. It just looks bad. It's a it terrible does. look, and you're yeah, you're just you're just an idiot at that point. Uh, now he did actually try to say this on MSNBC, and it came out like this. Okay. <laughs> See, David sends me the audio, and I just think it's a John Fetterman clip. It wasn't. <laughs> oh gosh, David. <dang> <laughs> Fetterman sings Van Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, honestly, that that sounds better than Fetterman, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't even feel bad about piling on that guy. Oh, you know what? I, I don't either. Not I, anymore. I'm I'll done. tell you this. Before two weeks ago, I wouldn't have made that joke. No. Um, but if you're going to start going and trying to play the tough guy act, bro, and you're Absolutely. saying, hey, I'm ready, I'm fit to be a senator, except I can't wear a suit and tie because it gives me a case of the sads, but then you're still going to try to smack talk? Oh, yes. no. Now it's, all right, gazpacho brain. All right, gloves off. Well, dude, I think, I don't know, I think it's just out of the goodness of people's hearts. If you see someone that is challenged in some sort of way, some sort of mental challenge, whatever you want to call it, you almost automatically think, well, they're a nice person because you have a form of sympathy for them. But there are plenty of special needs people that are total a-holes, if you're to be honest. And he's just another one to me. Yeah. And they deserve the same sort of criticism, whatever you want to call it, than anybody else. What? <laughs> Why do you look at me like that? Well, what? I mean, special needs a <laughs> They are, dude. It's it's you. We all know this. Okay, I know. You there's a form of sympathy, but that I doesn't mean they can't be right. a total jerk. Right, exactly. You see it all the time. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And he he is personifies that. Yes. Well, and look, he says that he's fit to serve in the Senate, so he does. obviously, you know, zingers shouldn't bother him. No, absolutely not. I mean, the guy gets out there, dude. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law. And you're a smack talker? Take a seat and put on a tie, you freaking loser. Imagine walking into J.P. Morgan with basketball shorts on saying, I'm sorry, but I get sad when I wear a suit and tie. <laughs> I want to hear the basketball player say, I get sad that I can't get dressed up. Can I wear a tie on the court? <laughs> get out of my sight. News update. More straight ahead. The Mark the Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, you got to have fun, don't you? Well, yeah. Even as the world is coming apart at the seams, or at least that's the way it seems. Got to have fun. Okay, David, you have a clip of this person saying that it's racist to say that men shouldn't compete in women's sports. How is that racist? Yeah, I, I, this is starting to make the rounds again. It's an interview from uh, last year. Trevor Noah on The Daily Show is interviewing this dude who thinks he's a woman and says that there's no problem with dudes competing against women at high-level athletic competitions. Okay. Um, uh, he's in. So Trevor Noah is interviewing this guy, and apparently, if you think it's unfair to have a biological man competing against biological women, mm-hmm. that there's inherently a a disparity there, uh, you're racist. What? Yep. Racist? Okay. All right. It's very simple. Just stop policing who counts as a real woman, because this has had history of racism built into it over the years. Oh, stop what? It. What, what does that mean? Listen to this statement again. Policing who counts as a real woman. Because Stop this- policing it. And so if someone says they want to go into the locker room and watch women undress, you let them do it. Or you're racist. racist. 
That's right. It's not an accident that the intersex athletes who get singled out are women of color from the global south. Because who gets singled out for scrutiny is based on white women's conceptions of femininity. (laughs) And that's being weaponized against trans people too. So it's a fear of protecting the fragile, weak, cis white woman from the rest of us. Hold on a second. You calling anyone the fragile weak cis white woman is from hilarious the rest of us so so and then the daily show audience applause oh, yeah a little hesitation but still they did it well would they look at a couple of people doing it they just do it too right because they're bold yeah individual thinkers nobody get out of line wow I That's, think I know that, that whole piece right there is insanity. I think I understand why that didn't make such a wave when it first happened. Because no one watched that show. Yeah. But someone must have come across this and said, Holy yeah. mackerel. This is bat nuts crazy. Yeah. And then once you see it, I can see sharing it. Look how kooky this is. Yeah, that's pretty wild, man. Wow. I uh, don't do a whole lot of entertainment news on the show, uh, but I thought you might find this interesting. Do you hear the story about Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson? Anybody? Uh-uh. No. And the thought that they might be, like, sort of brothers? Like, actually related? Yes. What okay. do you mean, like, sort of brothers? What does that mean? Well, there's a bit of a story to it. Um, and the way the story goes is that Matthew McConaughey said, we're sitting around in Greece one night talking, and my mom out of nowhere says, I knew your dad, Woody, because Woody Harrelson was there too. Woody Harrelson's like, I didn't know that. And she said, just saying, we may have frequented the same similar place out in West Texas one time when he was on furlough. And said, McConaughey's just in the moment thinking, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Said, we all went, what? Now we got to see some DNA tests. Apparently, Kay was separated from Matthew's dad right around the time she knew Woody's dad. Oh. Wouldn't that be something? To find out all these years later. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know what movie is in the works from this. We'll wait and see. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story today, David. I mean, the invasion is back on at the southern border. I mean, it never really stopped, but, I mean, it, it has ramped up significantly uh, to where it looks like we'll have a record week, uh, breaking the previous records that were shattered by this administration. So at least Joe Biden isn't lying when he says his administration is historic. It's a historic uh, dissolution of our nation's sovereignty is what's happening right now. The country is forever changed. There's no arguing that. That's just a fact. Okay, so more that. And a lot of these people are not just coming from, like, the southern countries. No. They're coming from all over the place. Full news update straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so <laughs> talking about illegal immigration, and it rolls on and on and on in a massive day yesterday. And then I see, of all places, Daily Mail has an exclusive Hundreds of African migrants sneak into the United States in broad daylight after exploiting immigration loophole in Nicaragua that allows them in 
with no questions asked for just $160. Wow. And you go along with this story, and they're following this guy named Baba, who's 25. And he actually thanked Joe Biden when he got across the border, got on his knees. It's like, thank you, Joe Biden, for opening the border. This chance of new life in America. And I mean, and if you are Baba, I don't blame him for Mm -hmm. wanting to come to the United States. You blame our government for not doing anything at the border. And it goes on and on. And I'm looking at all of these pictures. And you see in Lukeville, Arizona, where there's like 600 you know, illegals yesterday, where someone cut a part of the fencing, you know, metal cutter, so you could sort of shimmy through. Yeah. And then Border Patrol's got to try to, you know, fix that. I mean... All I'm seeing in this piece is just pictures of dudes. A 34-year-old delivery driver from, is that Nigeria? No, that's not Nigeria. Oh, my goodness, man. I'll hold, I'm going to hand this to you. This was part of the plan, Scott. To give Baba's journey of where he started and where he ended up. And I just wanted to get your reaction when you see that. This guy went all over the Holy place. Holy cow. <laughs> Can you describe it? Well, he, he was an instant Istanbul Turkey. Yeah, we had to fly there. Yeah, yeah, and then he went to Bogota, and from Bogota to San Salvador. Yes, from San Salvador to Managua, Nicaragua. Yeah, you have to say it like that. It's mm-hmm. in the news business. Good job. Um, and then he went to ended up in Lukeville, Arizona. 3,000 miles track from Menagua, Nicaragua. He paid over eight grand. $8,000. Who'd he pay it to? They, he said businessmen, which means smugglers. Yeah, well, yeah. He started in some place I can't even pronounce. Yeah. I've never West even heard African of it. West African nation. Yeah, I'd yeah, it's in West either. Africa somewhere. I, wow. Why do you think I handed you the paper? I was Those hoping you'd give a shot. Yeah, I, no, I wasn't. Even, I, I can't even begin to get on that one. I don't think. <laughs> I was trying. I was going to try Nauka chart or whatever. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Mauritania. 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 Yeah. Thank you, David. He was. He started Mauritania, and from there. To, but that doesn't. Man, they must not have GPS because that's a long way to go. Well, when you're going through a network of human smugglers, yes. I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, there's not really much of a direct flight. You know, yeah, you got you got to talk to a bunch of different guys. Well, yeah, thirty-one hundred, and it's not really, you know, a democracy there where you can ask questions, right? Hey, do we have to go way out of the way here? Yeah, we're uh, gonna hit all yes. the lights if we go this way. Uh-huh. This is okay. So I mentioned this, you know, this sort of thing, man. Every once in a while, you'll see it in national news because it affects New York City or another big city. But as far as Texas, you don't see much about it, or Arizona, or the Southern states. No. Okay. But one of the big things. That's out there. Republicans threatening to shut down the government. Another government shutdown looms. Yeah. Ten days away. Yeah. Republicans making demands. And then you have the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, and he is out there saying, hey, this is part of it. We, you know, we're going to get this done. It's not good for the country. And, you know, Mitch McConnell is out there saying, oh, it hurts us politically from government shutdown. You know, just typical nonsense. And then there's Chip Roy, 
Republican from Texas. And he was talking with Jesse Kelly. And if you remember, this is a little deep in the weeds, but the omnibus bill, when it was passed last December, Mm -hmm. he went freaking nuke on the floor. I mean, it was a speech for the ages as far as I was concerned, because it's how we're wrecking the country. And he was saying, with this current situation, we shouldn't pass it again if it's going to be the same stuff. We could, you know, try to get something done with this. Our position is that we should not do that. We should limit those funds and or get massive policy changes, starting first with the border and ensuring that we actually change what's happening at the border with respect to the assault on Texas and endangering our country, but also dealing with things like the Department of Justice, the Department of Defense and its wokeness. Um, I'm saying to my Republican leadership, pick a damn fight. Name one thing. Listen to that. Okay, hold on a second. Are you down with him so far, what he's saying? Yep. Yeah. I think Yep. most working-class Americans agree. Dude, we just can't keep going trillions of dollars in debt. All this woke nonsense. Secure the border, for crying out loud. And then he brings up this point. Name one thing, one thing you're proud of your Republican majorities doing in the last 30 years. In my lifetime, I can't remember a damn thing that Republican leadership and Republican majorities have ever given the American people nothing. They talk about welfare yeah. reform. They talk about tax cuts for you know corporations. Come on. Like, when have they stood up and fought for you or me? Okay? And that's what we need. What do you think of that? Wow. It needs to be said. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I can understand where uh, people critical of that view could come out and say, well, you don't really have much leverage right now because you barely control the House of Representatives. You don't control the Senate and you don't control the White House right now. And so for the people thinking two years ahead or I guess less than that mm-hmm. now, of course, like just over a year ahead and more, uh, you're thinking, well, we got to win these little battles or I guess lose these little battles in order to win the bigger battles, except that strategy hasn't worked either. And to me, uh, there's a guy who's on uh, Twitter, X, whatever, called, uh, I mean, he goes by Oilfield Rando, but he does <laughs> um, tracking of individual line item expenditures that get made in the federal government. And it is fascinating to see. I mean, this is, he's one of the guys who called attention to the whatever $2,500 grant to uh transgender entrepreneur makeup artists in Nepal. <laughs> right. Right. Remember that. And it's like, if you wanted to have at least a moral victory, spend the next month reading from that guy's blog and just read the headlines. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And just say, this is what we're spending money on. And you yes. just read it and say, Americans, are you cool with all of this? It's a great idea. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I could get on a soapbox about 2016 after the election, taking office in 2017, and the Republicans had the power, and they were going to do all these things in health care. And where's Mitch? I'll never forget Trump. Get to work, Mitch. Didn't happen. Anyway, let's move on to Dave Portnoy. This is an interesting story. Yeah, this is a great story. You were listening story. to this uh, yes. yesterday, David. Yeah, what Dave, happened here? Dave Portnoy, he's the Barstool sports guy. I think he just did an interview with Tucker Carlson a few weeks he did. ago. Yep. Uh, and the left has been out to get this guy. I don't even think of him really as a conservative. I think they just don't like anybody who's not woke. 
I would agree with That's that. That's really what it comes down to. And he toxic holds, masculinity yeah, is and, something and, he's, yeah. And he went he went viral uh, uh, a couple years ago after during the pandemic because he just lost his freaking mind about all the shutdown stuff that was going on. Yes. Like, really? You're going to crater business, small businesses until there's a cure for COVID? Like, this makes no sense. Like, we can't do this. Then right. he wound up raising a bunch of money for small restaurant, uh, small businesses and restaurant owners. So he's throwing an event now for small businesses. He calls it Pizza Fest. Um, mm-hmm. And he caught wind of a couple of Washington Post reporters getting ready to publish a hit piece on him. They emailed one of his top sponsors asking for comment on, quote, associating with Dave Portnoy, who has a history of misogynistic comments and problematic behavior. So Dave, because he's dated young girls and a bunch of stuff, and I would say, you know, I don't think he's ever a guy you'd want your sister to date, to be honest. <laughs> but he's done a lot of good things for small business, and yeah, this is the type of person the Washington Post would totally go after. Yeah, so Dave decides to pick up the phone and call one of the reporters who's been bugging his sponsors and records it. Excellent. And this is part one? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not I haven't said anything like that. I'm, well, I, I, can, I can read... If you want, if you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah, read because I, I sent a bunch of notes, so I want to make sure I know which one. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. So okay. So then he, you know, reads the email, which says flatly that he has a history of making misogynistic comments and having problematic behavior. And she goes, "Oh, well, yeah, I, I did ask that one sponsor that question." Okay, roll it. I really did want them to respond, and I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like, that is pretty pointed. You said you didn't do it. Then I have the exact evidence of you doing it. So I didn't say I didn't do that. I said I did. That was the one that was the most pointed. Well, no, you, you, that went before, I, before I provided proof, you said you didn't really remember doing that. And then I read it to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I did it that one time. So it seemed like you were going to try to shame sponsors for being associated with me and put them in a box when i know they all love me but nobody wants the washington post writing an article sponsor associated with misogenic you know racist piece of shit. nobody wants that and you, that's what you're trying to do because i was hoping for a dialogue with them you know sometimes you have to say something like this is like you know it's sort of a reporting tactic when you want someone to respond you kind of have to indicate that there might be something negative and then you get them to engage that's all i was trying to do i really wanted them to engage with me that is a sad state of journalism if that's a tactic that you have to what i would say is make up something about somebody there might be some there might be something negative and so you want to give people a chance to respond i don't think it's 100 percent of the time but i think it's a high percentage if someone says you just want a dialogue mm-hmm. they're full of crap oh yeah no you ever done that david you ever done that in your your career when you want to get an interview with a, a newsmaker of some kind what lie to somebody yeah just lie and, to them and just like try, no i mean i i think if if you are actually saying i'm gonna write you know a hit piece or something or Hey, I found this out. I'd like to get your response. Then that's fine. But that's the whole like misogynistic whatever right. thing. Right. That's a judgment call. That's not right. a yep. hey. I've got evidence that you were embezzling X amount of dollars from the city treasury or whatever. Would you care to respond? You know, that's not the same thing. And and just sort of farming for a response like that. I'm sure it is common. 
but you know what what it is. It's about getting people on the defensive. Well, and she was looking to get him uh, the sponsors to to get rid to pull themselves away from him. Yeah. Yes. And the event that's putting the well, pressure she wanted to wreck on the them. event and him. And yes, yeah. I mean, please, I know what you're doing. Yeah. That's what a lot of them do for a living. I mean, yep. if I had a nickel for every time somebody pulled this crap, even with us, I, you know. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I don't want to go into too many details. There's some dude who works at some no-name media outlet who keeps, yeah. like, emailing our bosses. Yeah. Like, wanting some statement about how our show negatively impacts the LGBTQ yes, community I know or who, something I like know that. exactly who that guy is, yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to waste know. my time with you. Yeah, does it all the time. And then makes threats about you uh, know, sp- sponsors and this kind of thing. Didn't call back the failing New York Times. Yeah. But you know exactly right. what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not talking to you. No. No, you're, you're going to take whatever I say out of context and make either me personally or the show or people that have faith or people that have conservative values look bad. Yeah. That's what you do for a living. Yeah. Why would I do that? Take things out you, of context. Yeah. Yes. All if you time. want to do a video interview, that still wouldn't do. Nah. No. <laughs> I was oh, going to go there for a second. No. My, no, I'm not. Because they chopped that too. Yeah, my, oh. favorite, my favorite one was there was some political controversy in Mississippi and MSNBC's Craig Melvin's producer emailed me asking mm-hmm. for how would you like to defend this since you're in Mississippi? I'm like, we have affiliates in Mississippi. They're great radio stations. You should talk to somebody there. I don't right. live there. Or, yeah. I want to come on and, and dispute what you're saying. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So Biden has created an office to prevent gun violence. Oh, this should be rich. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, I had not heard this. Biden is going to create an office to prevent gun violence. Yes, President Biden is going to be announcing tomorrow the creation of the first ever federal office of gun violence prevention. Oh, my God. Yeah. Another uh, extension of government. Yeah, another, another thing. And, of course, you know who's all going to be a part of it. It's anti-gun groups. Not not going to talk to you know police department associations if they're not aligned with you ideologically in terms of guns. They never want to get to the root of this problem, do they? No, they don't. No, because they have to talk about uncomfortable things for them. Yes, that's why it never gets solved. No, exactly, it never you will know, be. All solved. the money and resources no. into poverty in big cities and gun violence and everything else, and nothing gets done because you never get to the root of the you're problem. You're asking the wrong questions, and uh, you're not going to ask the right questions because you don't like the answers. And no, this is just going to continue. It's just the attempt to disarm Americans. That's all. Exactly. It is. It's yeah. not yes. about actually getting to a root of no, crime because they don't want to. Right. No. <laughs> it's and bad for business. I suppose actually believe it. I don't know, man. It's, there's no hope in that until you understand no. exactly why it's happening. You know, it's not one thing to say. It's just tired of the violence. Enough. We need to make changes. You have to study the problem to understand it. If only somebody could make a song. <laughs> oh, like they did on The View yesterday? Yeah, that would, see, that would solve it. If they just keep playing that more often, I, I'm assuming everything will come to a close, yes. Yeah. I uh, don't know if you heard this, but... Uh, Craft singles got recalled to oh. prevent people from eating plastic. What? Yes. 
Uh, Kraft just issued a voluntary recall of Kraft Singles to prevent people from eating the plastic wrappers. They say it's precautionary after a temporary issue with one of their wrapping machines. Who's eating the plastic wrapper? Well, when you remove it on each side, a thin strip of plastic can rip off and stick to the cheese. So you might not realize, then you toss it on a burger, and that plastic could be a joking hazard, especially for kids, because you just didn't mm. notice it there. Mm. I guess. I, you, you thought it was idiot-proof, didn't you? I thought once I peeled the plastic off of it, <laughs> I, it was... I always yeah. assumed that craft Singles were mostly plastic anyway. It'd be. Tasty plastic. By yeah. creating an office to prevent it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this is the Mark Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, you know, uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in D.C. He met with uh, uh, representatives and senators uh, today. Um, And, of course, he spoke at the United Nations General Assembly this week. Yes. Warning about climate change. (laughs) Because his, well, his minders told him to. (laughs) Yes. Well, in New York, on the way to the United Nations, there was a giant screen set up. Uh, that was supposed to say glory to Ukraine. And so it has a Ukrainian flag. It's got the blue and then the the bottom is the yellow and it looks like it's waving. But apparently, according to there's a little error here. And according to the company that owns the screen, there was uh, a smart system there that compared the color yellow with the word Ukraine. It was supposed to say glory to Ukraine. And it replaced the word Ukraine automatically to urine. <laughs> so it's so it's got autocorrect. So it's got this. So it's this. <laughs> so wow. it's this gigantic screen with yellow and blue on it, and it says "Glory to Urine" on it. Which, no disrespect to Ukraine, but "Glory to Urine" is extremely on brand for new york city <laughs> well yeah oh, that's cool. hilarious glory to urine yeah yeah sure mm-hmm. <laughs> go urine there'll be some outrage about this of course of course um okay are you telling me and switching gears here who is saying the border's not open oh uh fox news is uh jackie heinrich Uh, went to Capitol Hill and was asking, uh, based on the obvious huge surge that's happening at the southern border, uh, asked a few congressional Democrats, hey, what do you think about what's going on right now? So this is a uh, montage that they put together at Fox News. It's Pramila Jayapal, uh, Maxwell Frost, he's a senator out of Florida, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Okay, roll it. We need is for Republicans to stop talking about open borders. The border is not open. What you see is different than what happens in in actuality. What I see is what... What you see is different than what's actually happening. 
Well, that's insulting. Don't believe your lying eyes, Scotty. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. See is different than what happens in, in actuality. Well, then what's different about it? They're not going to tell you. What I see is much different. In act- it's good for our party. That's ridiculous. We want these people to come through, but we have to act like somehow we're concerned. What a complete jackass statement that was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, honey, why is there lipstick on your collar? Now, listen, okay? <laughs> what, you- <laughs> what you see is different from what actually happened. Okay? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you got Kareem <laughs> Paul Pierre, whatever her name is, out there answering questions today. And I don't know, you got Fetterman with the hoodie in the Senate. She has a yellow top with a red blazer. It's like some form of Ronald McDonald up there. Well, she looks ridiculous because you got sort of the same hair. Oh, gosh, what a debacle. And I'm sure she just continues to lie about the border like she has forever. Well, you got you need to take that up with fill in the blank. Ugh. Goodness gracious, man. Never ends. And God, these people. I mean, they just continue to sell that garbage. Again, it was what? Thousands came through yesterday. More today. It's like another surge that's happening. And you're right, David. It's absolutely an invasion. Yep, just sort of rolling along. Debbie Wasserman Schultz just said, what I'm seeing isn't true. Yes. Yes. Like it's some sort of weird magic trick yeah. going on at the border. <laughs> what, what, yeah, David Copperfield prevent, yeah. or presents border invasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's really only four people there. He just pulls it back yeah. and you see all. That's you know, about the craziest thing I've ever. I've, I mean, that's ridiculous. Different points in time. We've played clips from Victor Davis Hanson, Hoover Institute, incredibly intelligent guy. Knows the history of the country, the history of the world. He's talked about what's happened at the border. And in part, and this was from a couple of years ago. I just happened to see it recently. Yeah. Where he was saying, you know, in the end, who does this affect? This is interesting. Again, how does this hurt the citizen and diminish the idea of citizenship? If you're a U.S. citizen, if you're a resident of the inner city or the barrio or Appalachia, and you don't have a lot of skills yet, and you want to go and get an entry-level job, and you want to get minimum wage, but somebody is hiring somebody off the books from Mexico or Honduras or Guatemala, and they, from an impoverished society, might even be willing to work under conditions that you would not as a U.S. citizen, then that diminishes your job opportunities. And that's exactly what's happening. That was a couple of years ago. Not to mention the risk with fentanyl gangs everything else and again you have the left always talking about we got to do more uh for our communities uh black communities uh brown and black people yeah. discriminated against whatever bring millions more in you can't you know according to your own story you can't take care of the people that are already here with opportunity how can you do this because it benefits you and the power brokers that make all of the money they only get richer they don't care. No, they don't care. They don't care. They really don't care at all. They don't all. care. More people in New York City? Suck it up. Deal with it. They're not affecting the and rich places And they also places know yet. that these people are never going to vote red. Never. They have nothing to lose. They're not going to lose any on. elections over this. That's what they're betting on. Well, it's true. Yes. You know, a little pushback. I don't know if you happen to see this in the news. Your boy, Scott, John Cusack. Actor. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's my boy. 
Well, you guys used to be, you know, like buddies, Cub fans together, together liking Cub the fans, same yeah. movies, we did, liking well, the same. Wasn't he at Lilith Fair when you were there? Uh, he may have been at Lilith Fair when I was there. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. Yeah, I might have sat next to him at Lilith Fair while I was there. Um, and we were both wearing flannel shirts matching. Yeah. He says now uh-huh. the Democratic elite sold out the working class for decades. They're full of bleep. Wow. What happened to him? I don't know. He learned to read? Did he I vote, don't know. Did he blame Trump for that or... Well, he says Obama corporatist Democrats. Ooh. Hmm. Threw Obama under the bus. Yeah. Dems have sold out the working class for decades. This kind of bought and paid for betrayal of principles, fairness, historical precedent, any sense of moral and intellectual honesty, the kind of brutal, selfish, horrific actions one only does because they can get away with it. That was a surprise to some people. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. David? Well, he's a man of the people, you know. John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Think about it, man. He's been acting since early 80s. I can't even think of the last movie he's done. My point is, yeah, I don't think you can really relate to the common people. Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I mean. If you're that guy. All kinds of dough going around that family. Yeah. Anymore. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, did happen to see this. Just interesting when it comes to exercise a little bit of health news that you are better off if you're working out in the morning apparently you burn more calories if you're working out in the morning i'm thinking does it really matter i don't know you know when you're if you're doing the same workout i don't know they said it did maybe you're having more energy i don't know all right i always thought it was mainly like you're in a fasted state and then it has the residual benefits throughout the rest of the day. Like you're starting off with an elevated heart rate and then it calms down, but you continue to um, burn calories more throughout the day. That could be the odd thing, though. And it says this in the piece. The early morning exercisers were actually the most sedentary overall. They spent more time sitting than any other group. Yeah, because you you feel like you can get away with it. Because <laughs> you're done. Yeah. yeah. You're done for the day. And I'm not saying one's better than another. Just sometimes, you know, hmm. depends on what your schedule is, when you can best fit it in. But I've noticed when you're trying to do it in the afternoon, other things tend to get in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, a quick little story. <laughs> you might find this amusing. We were done for the day, and I wanted to exercise. I got home. I didn't feel well. All of a sudden, I'm, like, feeling, like, sick to my stomach feeling very good, like shortness of breath. I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, around 6 o'clock, I'm like, I'm cashing it. I'm not, I'm just going to relax for the night, I guess. And I rarely do it, but about once, every once in a while, I'll go on Instagram to see if there's any updates from my family. What's, you know, who's posting, whatever. And I see this post. And after I saw it, man, I didn't feel like it. I had to get myself up. I had to try to work out. Do you want to hear what I heard? Oh, sure. gosh. Yeah. It was Jocko. There you go. Jocko Willink. I'd never seen him before. He's got an Instagram. Of course, everybody does. And I'm like, you know what? I got to record this because I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, but there was no way I could sit there the rest of the night without getting up after I heard this. Roll it. And if you don't know Jocko Willink, retired Navy SEAL, inspirational yeah. speaker, overall badass. Go ahead. Yeah. So you don't feel like it today. I know you had a long night. 
You're a little tired. You don't feel like it. I get it. But if you don't feel like getting after it, I hope you feel like being weak. I hope you feel like not accomplishing anything because that's what's going to happen. So yes. don't pay attention to your feelings. Pay attention to your discipline and go get some. Ow. That's it. There you go, man. There you go. Wow. I've sent so many Jocko videos to members of my family. Like, he had a little inspiration. How could I sit there and watch that and not get up? So you did? Yes, I did. Okay, good yeah. for you. See, it worked. It did. It worked. Yeah. I love that. Feel like being weak. <laughs> Hope you get used to feel like being weak. weak. Yes. I get it. I understand. Weak. You're weak. <laughs> <laughs> How do you watch that and then not get up? Well, I don't no, understand I, it. I just like the understanding voice at first. Like, I understand. Yeah. I get it. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he drops the hammer on you. It's yeah. a great delivery. But if you yeah. don't feel like getting after it, I hope you feel like being weak. <laughs> I'm doing burpees right now. Like not a- there you go. Wow. Everybody, 20 push-ups right now. Do it. All right, news update. I'm a bodge. What? News update next. You got to hear. The Barkley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, asked about the current surge at the border which uh, looks like will break previous records set by this administration okay and she was asked a very in, or asked a question in a very interesting way i think oh okay roll it how many people coming into this country illegally is enough for president biden then? Oh. say that last one how many people come how many people illegally coming into the united states is enough for President Biden's administration. What you, well, enough point, for what? 5.9 million people have, have been I, encountered no, I, illegally. I know the numbers, but enough okay. for what? Enough just to stop the flow. As I mentioned, this is a problem that's been around for some time now, for decades. A broken system. Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Decades. Whoa. Let's go to the game film here from less than a year ago. They were doing everything possible. That's what she said. I think I have the clip. Now, it takes a while to get there because it's her. Well, well she, she was kicked in the back of the head by a mule as a child. So, Well, we got an equity hire here. I mean, yeah. just be patient. What we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can uh, to make sure that, um, uh, that we follow the process that's been put forth. That's why we have uh, historic funding uh, to do just that, to make sure that... Um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, to make sure that um, to make sure that uh, the folks that we encounter at the border be removed uh, or expelled. No wonder she backs Fetterman and Biden all the time. <laughs> well, try to make her look better. Wow. Remember in May when she said that illegal border crossings had dropped 90 <laughs> percent? That's right. And then. Yes. She was challenged on that, and boy, that old mule kick came roaring back. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, I was CBP speaking. is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, people more I'm about to answer you. Year so if, you, far. if you. If the dramatics could come down just a little bit. Um, if the dramatics could come down a little What's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about. Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer. 
So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with, uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on, on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen, the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than 90%. No, no. What they actually, <laughs> what they actually did was recategorize a subset of people coming in, and said, "Well, they're parolees, not illegal entrants, or whatever the other term or right. terminology you want to use." It, that's all they did, and even that, even going by that, it wasn't a drop of ninety percent. No, they just lie. <laughs> when she can spit it out. It's still a lie. It's an absolute joke, dude. You might as well just laugh along. It's, well, you, you, you can't take these people serious. They're not serious people. No, of course not. All right, speaking of which, who is saying I am a biological female, oh, this dude? Where I just is have, from? I just have one more clip of this. It's making the rounds an interview that Trevor Noah did on oh, The yeah. Daily Show uh, is last year, I believe. Um, uh and it's this dude who says he's a woman and all of this. Trevor Noah very sheepishly tries to push back against the idea that it's fair for a man to pretend to be a woman and then compete against actual women. And this is like art, man. Okay. There are many who would argue who are not transphobes. There are many who, who are born biologically women who will say, but you have an unnatural advantage over me. And that makes the sports unfair. How do, you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, there's lots of ways you can respond to that. So the first is the, the very language of you were born and I'm not biological somehow. Like, I don't think I'm a cyborg. So like this idea that like, oh, you're not a biological woman. Well, I am a woman. That's mm -hmm. a fact. I am female. So mm -hmm. all my identity records, my racing license, my medical records all yeah, say female, mm -hmm. right? And I'm pretty sure I made a biological stuff. So I'm a biological female mm -hmm. as well. No, no, Actually. you're not. And for all the people, and I understand with good hearts, with the whole pronoun thing, you just, you're trying to respect people. It's been brought up before. It's actually disrespectful for them to demand that you play pretend along with them when they have a mental illness. Go get some freaking help. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Too strong? Okay. Uh, biggest story of the day. Uh, biggest story of the day is the invasion that is uh, underway yet again at our southern border. And there are still Democrats, some of them out there, who apparently haven't been affected by people, you know, sleeping on the streets outside of their home and their condo or whatever, um, who are saying the border is secure. It's they obviously not. It's a lie, but yeah. they're still sticking by that. I'm choosing my words carefully. They should all be out of office. I mean, Biden should be impeached. He's not upholding the laws of the United States. It's a freaking joke. The Robin Trifecta News Update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Trying to have some fun. There's plenty out there to make you angry, that's for sure. Okay, news update, David Van Camp. All right, so we've got this invasion going on at the southern border. 10,000 people illegally crossing the border in one day no human is illegal it is crazy <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's absolutely stunning to watch this happen 
And when you hear numbers like yeah, at least six million people in this country uh, over the last uh, nearly three years, I mean, remember, we've always heard for years, like the population estimates of illegal immigrants here in this country is like between nine and 12 million. It's, it's definitely much higher than that. But absolutely, that's what we always hear, right? Nine to 12 million, yes. somewhere in that ballpark. Yep. So wait, you're telling me that we're on pace to double that number in one administration? Correct. In four years right yes. now. That's been the plan. Or at least on the low end of that estimate. Yes, we're going to double that. That's crazy, man. So, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, uh, was asked about uh, 10,000 people illegally crossing in one day by Fox Mm -hmm. News' Peter Ducey. Thanks, Corrine. So, what do you call it? here at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day. So what do you call it, Peter, when GOP puts forth a, a, a wait, no, 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 you can't. Green? I'm answering, okay, we're going to move on. No, 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 we're moving on. Green, moving. Please. In the back, no, You said you were right stopping back, the flow the of the border. No, no, I tried to migrants. answer, Peter, uh, okay. I tried to answer the question, you stopped me. Let's go. What? You're answering the question with a question. Yeah, and turning it around on Republicans. No, 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 no. You're not talking about immigration reform. You're not talking about pathways to citizenship or anything like that. The question is, what do you call it when you have 10,000 people coming into the country illegally in a 24-hour time span? Because there's no congressional effort that can be done right now to stop that. The executive branch has the power to stop it. They won't. No. And again, when people make it across, they're thankful because the entire world knows the border is open. They won't do anything about it. I am so tired of all of this. I'm exhausted. But to be lied to about what telling me the border's closed, it's under control, and and I see what's going on, and and I, I'm just sitting here with my hand up, going, "Wait a minute!" No, there's so many people across the country that feel helpless because they see what's going on. It does. I mean, it, you have you know a helpless. high percentage it of the does. country with their head in the sand, no idea oh. what's going on. For the ones that know, you feel helpless, which is part of demoralizing an entire country. And if you, you know, have nice. Marxist fantasies of what you want our country to be like, Dude. you're starting to see it. Yeah. We'll see if Lester Holt has anything to say about it tonight. Well, oh, dude, come on. They're bought and paid for. And, and I, I know that, you know, of course, a lot of attention is being paid to what happens in Texas and Arizona. But you also can't forget that in San Diego, they've been releasing thousands of people every single week. I mean, just in the past week yeah. or so, they've had 5,000 people let back out onto the street. And you have a coordinated effort by cartels just across the border, just flooding the zone. It's just, we're going to just send as many people as possible there. I mean, (laughs) before we get to the trifecta here, as a serious question, I don't think we really know the answer, but it would be, is the only hope here that it's a Republican president in 24 and in early 25, there's a real effort 
to close up the border? Because if not, I mean, it's cashed. Yeah. As far as this being a socialist slash Marxist slash Mm. communist country. And people think you're half nuts when you say that. People that are following this understand it. Half the population think thinks you're a kook if you say something like that. Well, it, but that's what's happening. Yeah, and it's coordinated. No, I know it's. I know, but isn't that what has to happen? And then, you, well, I mean, yeah. And then, is there going to be an effort to deport people? Yeah, there needs to be, and there there really has never been a huge operation to deport millions of people, but it has to happen. But where are all these people going to go? I mean, to settle. Well, we just and saw not to mention, we are $33 trillion yeah. in debt. Chicago just spent $29 million for tents. Yes. $29 million for tents. Where are they going to put the tent? <laughs> I mean, you, they're, they're hashing that out, and you got aldermen in different places saying, we can't take it here. We can't take them here. Oh, yeah. Gonna put them in Soldier Field. You got to move by Sunday, and we move them somewhere else. I don't. I don't even. I can't wrap my head around any of this. Yeah, it's wild. And okay. how we just all sit there and go, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, media hasn't done their job on this. You this is know really, that. really something. Yeah, it's something that we Man. never thought we would ever. No, see. ever. All right, you ready for your three? Yeah, let's go. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? One, One two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins' trifecta. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. You watching this stuff today, Casey? You seeing what we're seeing? Huh? Yes. Well, good. Dang. I'm ready. At least he's aware. Three dead. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, uh, faith in the American political system has hit a new low. Yeah, survey, Pew Research Center reflecting the growing, their words not mine, distaste with the nation's politics, with all the infighting. Four times as many Americans have unfavorable views of both parties today uh, than they did in 2002. That's an all-time high, by the way. Four times as many people souring on both parties in just over 20 years. People are saying, well, that's pretty drastic. Survey also asked about trust in the federal government. How many people said that they trust the government at least most of the time? 16%. Wow. Okay, we need to deport those 16% too. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, who are they, right? Uh, but that's not even one out of five. If if this was just sort of some partisan distrust, you would kind of expect that number to at least be near 40%, right? Most of the Democrats would currently look at Washington, you know, a bit more charitably than we do. But survey also was particularly interesting because it didn't stick to just straight A, B, or C answers. When asked uh, how people felt when thinking about politics today and what the best word to describe those feelings would be, the most common answer was exhausted. Yes. Speaking of three guys who do this for a living, we can relate to that. Respondents were also asked to pick the two words to best describe U.S. politics in 2023. Top choices were divisive and corrupt. There you have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk to somebody from outside the country. They yeah. will tell you, oh, the American politics is volatile. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. yes. The people are not happy. I mean, it's. I mean, you don't trust the institutions on. at all. There's zero. They it's blew all, apart it's all the been trust. eroded. Yes. 
It's all How gone. Can you trust someone that looks you it's right in gone. the eye and lies to you. Well, in case in point is today. Absolutely. There's nothing. What? It's there's no crisis at the border. What are you talking about? Yep. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Mm-hmm. Scott Robbins, trifecta, the top three of the day, up to number two. Number two, Boston University is finding out that Henry Rogers, aka Ibram X. Kendi. One of the top uh, critical race theory guys. Now he says he's not a critical race theory guy, but come on, he's a liar. They're yes. finding out that he's actually a con artist. What? You know, it's time to spin the old grifter wheel, and it landed right at Ibram X. Kendi's feet today. So how much money went into the Ibram X. Kendi Center for Anti-Racist Research? According to the Boston Globe, he raised tens of millions of dollars. It's at Boston University and hosted it there since, for the last three years anyway, since the whole george floyd homicide thing in minneapolis the boston university based center has produced just two original papers since its founding in june of 2020 this according to the free beacon today output from the center's scholars largely consisted of op-eds or commentary posted on the center's website so really nobody's been doing anything hold on a second so mm-hmm. you got tens of millions raised yes for henry's anti-racist whatever he right, calls it yes and no one can say what the money's going to? No. Just a couple of papers. Just a couple of papers and some op-ed pieces. Most of it's been, like, on the website internally. So this is very much inspired by BLM. Yes. And and Ibram X. Kendi. Kendi, by the way. Grift, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Where, you, oh, wait a second. Patrice yeah. Colors, you made how much? Yeah. How much did you get to your family? Yeah. Oh, shoot, I can do that. You know, it seems the money didn't go where it was supposed to go, Jamie. Heck, you say. Kendi has completed a number of personal projects since 2020. Really? Including a graphic novel focused on the history of racist ideas, a podcast called Be Anti-Racist, and a five-episode TV show scheduled to debut on ESPN+. You forgot about the hair extensions. You got that, too. I didn't know about that. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, isn't it? In recent months, Candy has been on leave from the center. He's busy. I'm working on stuff, but I'm still getting paid. No going into neighborhoods and helping out? No. Oh, come on. No. No. It's no. It's almost like the people who shout about racism the most aren't actually interested in solving any sort of problem that affects black people in America. It's more like... I don't know. They they need the problem to persist in order to make more money. Correct. It's huh. a career choice for a lot of people. Wow. Well, Kendi showed up last week and apparently and fired a bunch of people because they got no money. <laughs> <laughs> Broke. Well, they got nothing to do. They're not doing anything. Wow. Want another one? Well, yeah, it's yeah. the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. And now? One. Number one, uh, there's a razor company called Braun. Yeah. And uh, they're out with a new ad that has ruffled some feathers. Keeps getting worse. I mean, really quickly getting worse. I mean, you've grown to expect some of these corporations to kowtow to the woke. And each and every time it's happened. All the ESG crap, yeah. They, they've lost customers and people are pissed. This time, the it's Braun, the shaving company. They make uh, a bunch of products that over-promise and under-deliver, in my opinion. All at a price usually that breaks the bank for most of us. We don't buy brawn products because they're just too damn expensive. Are they? Yeah, more than the other ones, yeah. You don't use that to trim up anymore? No, okay. no, I get the low-rent ones. Got it. I get the brawn with two ends. Um, <laughs> they're now featuring a transgender biological female with a double mastectomy scar in their new shaving advertisement for their men's shaving range. It shows the... Uh, 
I mean, it shows the person topless too, which the the scars and the whole nine yards, but with a full beard. Okay. And the beard is being trimmed at the time. And where this came from or why they're doing this is anybody's guess because it certainly isn't their audience. But they are doing it even though Bud Light and Target have both tanked doing something similar. Yeah, that's the only way you can explain so it. So they've got the, the trans. It's really, it's really disturbing when you see it. So this is, I mean, biological female becoming uh, a man, a male. Yes, and this is just With the, the razor, just mass, facial, not any sort of body trimming. Mastectomy scars. You can that'd see be nuts. No, they're shaving the face because you got the full beard going there. Got it. I I got that. I just ignored it. What? And there you have it. What are you nuts? Scott Robbins trifecta. No, I don't worry about that. You know, I don't know if you do or not. I don't know what part of that is. They put that on later. I don't know. Staple it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how any of this works. Golly. Wow. I had another story, but I can't. Not not at this time. I've got a gorilla glue joke, but I'm not going to use it. Well, no, I understand what you're saying, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a time to be alive, said David Van Camp in 2015. Yep. He had no idea no what kidding. was ahead of him. No, sir. All right, we got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. Yeah. The Marks Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Quick news update, David Van Camp. It, um, I, I'm just, we don't have time to get through all the audio that I'm, I'm harvesting right now. Okay. From Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary. Cause even, Is I it mean, safe enough to say they're blaming Republicans for the border crisis? Yes. It's unreal. How is that? Yeah, it's because, well, you know, we need to work on the visa system and the pathway oh, no. to citizenship and blah, 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 blah. Just lie to people. Yeah, th- this is not an immigration system issue. It's a national security issue that's happening right now and everything biden has done has only made it worse yes what do you what do you think is going to happen when the cartels and everybody else gets word that oh by the way hundreds of thousands of people who crossed illegally are going to be able to legally work for the next year and a half oh yeah what what do you think is going to happen i know i know it's so frustrating man Okay. Oh, real quick. I don't know if you saw this uh, song that I know you love, Scott. I can't remember where you're at with this song, David. Uh, the Beatles classic, Hey Jude. Yeah. Good Julian song. Lennon was just doing an interview with Bill Maher. Oh, really? Yes. Said it's uh, a love-hate relationship with the song. Because the song was written for Julian by Paul McCartney. Right. And he said, you know, I probably heard that song and heard renditions of it more than most people alive. Said, And then I've had friends send me videos of, as he said, babies and nappies singing it, which I don't really need because they think it's cute, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He said one of the things he really doesn't like about the song is that it's, you know, a stark and dark reminder of actually what happened. You know, when John walked out on him and his mom. Right. It's very painful for him still. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you could still enjoy it, though, Scott. No, it doesn't bother me. No, of course it doesn't. My dad didn't walk mm-hmm. out on me. <laughs> Why do you have that look on your face? What is it? What is it? Is that Tesla? No, that's John Bon Jovi and 
Jimmy Buffett with Paul McCartney. That was at the Hillary Clinton fundraiser it's not very in 2016. Good is what at it is. Jimmy Buffett's house. That's terrible. To which I say, never forget. Anyway, now it's time for Nimrod. Roll it out, Jimmy. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Oh, man, we're out of time. Nimrod's the news. Long story short, out of Louisiana, dude tried to fake his drowning, but he was wearing an ankle monitor. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Easy to find him. And that's Nimrods in the News.